streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Transfer portal dominates the conversation seemingly in the offseason about immediate help for programs. But let's not forget about the freshmen arriving to campuses or who have already arrived this past spring, because many of those players will end up being stars this fall for some teams that need immediate help. Hello, I'm Brennan Marcello. You are listening to the College Football Daily. It is June 14th. So I'm going to bring on Chris Hummer of 24-7 Sports, who did a great job of compiling the Next wave, the 102 true freshmen who will impact this upcoming college football season. A lot of notable names up there, but also some names on there that maybe you didn't necessarily hear become household names, even on the recruiting circles and the recruiting circuit. Chris, I, I found it fascinating, and we were discussing this before we started recording here, the amount of representation, potential immediate impact players in the SEC. I'm looking at it right now. One, two, three, four... Four of the top five representations are SEC programs. And the other program that's outside that list is a future SEC program, Texas. So quite the list. And again, it kind of just shows you just how much Southeastern Conference seemingly dominates the recruiting landscape anyway. But when you were putting this list together, what were some names that maybe you were expecting to be on there that weren't on there or some things that really kind of stood out to you? Well, I mean, first, the SEC if you can include Texas and Oklahoma in it and you go about the 2023 class rankings, the SEC would have 10 of the top 20 teams in the 24 <laughs> seven sports recruiting rankings. So like, it shouldn't be a surprise that the SEC dominates a list like this because they bring in more of the most ready to play freshmen in the country. Um, those four and five stars who are physically mature and talented enough to come in right away. Usually barring injury, the players going to a lower level on the F uh, on the G five level have to develop before they're ready to go. So having SEC teams there um, really makes a difference. What I would say is specifically to one team in the SEC, what surprised me is how necessary they're going to be. And that program would be South Carolina. Obviously, South Carolina has a ton of momentum coming off last year. You beat Clemson um, to end the regular season, one of the biggest wins um, in recent program history. You also beat Tennessee as well which was a huge victory for the program. And then you sign what is arguably the best class in program history since Steve Spurrier has been on campus. So a lot of, a lot of really good stuff happening for South Carolina football. And that shows up in these true freshman lists. For example, I have five South Carolina players on this list more than any other team. Guys like Nicholas Harbour, a five-star recruit in the class, is going to start at receiver, one of the freakiest athletes in the country. Guy like Grayson Howard, the linebacker who goes by Pup, one of the more physically mature prospects in the 2023 class, one of my favorite players in the class altogether because he just plays like an animal unleashed every play. He flies to the football, um, and I think he's going to be awesome for South Carolina. But you also have a guy like Marky Anderson, a four-star offensive line recruit who ideally would take a year or two to season, but he doesn't He doesn't have the time, Brandon, because um, South Carolina has very little at that position. Uh, right now, you got Dontavious Braswell, a four-star running back, who again, like, an ideal world would be a major contributor for you in year two or year three. But when you're South Carolina and you're starting a former quarterback as your likely running back um, starter, you're going to have to rely on somebody like Marquis Anderson to play. And um, we've seen Shane Beamer say as much. He said all these five star or these 
true freshmen are going to play. I've got five on this list right now. I think you could have easily gone to seven or eight. I think there's going to be a ton of true freshmen that true deep for South Carolina, and um, they're going to have a huge role in how South Carolina season goes. Yeah, back in the spring, if you guys don't remember, listen, South Carolina's offensive line was a story point for them last season because it struggled a little bit. And then their best <laughs> offensive lineman, left tackle Jalen Nichols, went down with an apparent knee injury uh, in the spring, and all of us were kind of going, oh boy, does this affect South Carolina's output? And so you enters Marquis Anderson, who's got to be immediately counted in that two deep as well. And you mentioned running back, Octavius Broswell. I mean, he's going to have to play, as Shane Beamer said. Someone who comes in and... Um, Listen, that that running back room is one that was been debilitated uh, through the transfer portal, and also just because of you know, listen, that's a position that gets hit a lot with with injuries. I mean, look, goodness gracious, you look across the SEC, and we'll talk about schools outside the SEC, I promise. But the the program, listen, I think there's probably like ten kids, true freshmen, every year on Alabama's roster. They're true freshmen that could probably start on fifty percent of rosters. Uh, across the FBS, of course, not just Power 5. But this year, in particular, Alabama, there seems to be a need for some of these freshmen to really step up. And I I, I always point now for them to the defensive backfield because, Chris, you've mentioned this too in our chats. They have kind of missed uh, recruiting-wise uh, with defensive backs these last couple of years, and they've had to go in the portal. they got a couple of group of five guys here recently, and then now also here in the high school's ranks, you got to develop, but also, hey, maybe some of these guys got to enter the field uh, earlier than expected. Yeah, one person, I mean, I completely agree. Alabama's had some misses. I mean, at every, like in a lot of positions, frankly, the last couple of years, like Alabama's recruited on paper better than ever, um, and the results aren't necessarily up to Alabama standards, at least in recent memory. Um, but one player I don't think they missed on is Caleb Downs, the true freshman safety, uh, five-star recruit. Josh Downs is the brother. Uh, Josh was the receiver at North Carolina the last couple of years. Uh, Drake May's favorite target this past season uh, was a second-round draft pick. And I think Caleb Downs is headed for a career where he'll be drafted much higher than his brother. I think Caleb Downs is going to start for Alabama right away. Um, the feedback on him has been immensely positive. I think he's the most ready-to-go true freshman in the entire country. And I think there's a chance we talk about him the same way we talked about Malachi Starks for Georgia a year ago as a true freshman safety who comes in right away and makes a massive impact for a national title contender. Um, I think the like more recent Alabama comparison for Caleb Downs, at least in terms of immediate impact, is Mika Fitzpatrick. True freshman safeties rarely play for Alabama, true freshman defensive backs really play for Alabama, but Caleb Downs has drawn rave reviews all year, and I, I fully expect him to be a huge piece of their team this season. Yeah, Caleb Downs ranked uh, in the top two, four, seven as our number one safety, the number one eight recruit overall in the class of 2023. Meanwhile, there's other players on this list for Alabama, but they're guys that are probably going to be in the two deep because they're deep elsewhere, especially on the edge. As we've yeah. seen, and I mean, goodness yeah. gracious, Al, when has Alabama not been deep on the edge these last six years? Really? Uh, yeah, I think I think Keon Keeley, who's on the list, Brandon. Like, I think I think he would probably start at like seventy percent of FBS schools. <laughs> FBS schools, not not fifty, like seventy to eighty percent. Keon Keeley starting, and there's a world where he's not actually physically on the two deep to open the season for Alabama. That's how deep they are off the edge. Um, if there's somebody else from that group of four that I think is worth mentioning, it's Justice Haynes. He's not going to start for Alabama. That's going to be Jason McClellan's job. But I think this could be one of those situations where the backup looks better than the starter. Um, and Jason McClellan's very good. I think he's going to be an early round draft pick for Alabama um, after this coming season. But Justice Haynes has it. 
Um, he was our number three overall back in the country this off or in the 2023 class. He impressed all offseason Alabama going back to winter workouts where people were whispering about him. And I just think he's going to be a flat stud. Um, Nick Saban was complimenting him after the spring game and Nick Saban isn't really necessarily effusive with his compliments. I, I really think he's going to be a huge part of Alabama's offense this year for an offense. that's going to have to be pretty run heavy. Yeah. You mentioned it there. This will be an offense that's run heavy. They have been trending that way since they hired, uh, Reese, got Reese over. So I, I think that this is certainly something that, uh, something to watch. Uh, we talk about Alabama in the murder ball days, as they used to call it. looks like they might be trending a little bit more that way going into this season in particular because of, of the questions at quarterback. And uh, we'll see what happens there. Elsewhere in the SEC, Florida. Listen, Florida, it seems to me Florida is just like the biggest question mark in the SEC when we just talk about expectations going into this season. You got some quiet confidence out of, out of Gainesville right now. But listen, the recruiting, it seems like as soon as they get good news, they get bad news. But then they get a good recruiting class, and we're expecting – you know, four guys be maybe instant impact guys for Florida this year, Hummer. Yeah, I think I think it can be more than four, but these were talking to people in the program. These were the four that came up when I asked. I would start at the receiver position because there's two of them on the list. Andy Jean, who came in early, was one of the better players in Florida this past year as a receiver. Um, he's a bigger inside receiver at six one, like two hundred pounds. Um, he has the potential to be a vertical playmaker. Um, really quick twitch guy. He's somebody that showed up in really big moments in high school too. I'm sure there's not like a lot of like in-depth high school football following here, but I think most people know IMG Academy and Miami Central, which are two of the powerhouse programs in the country. He had 100 yards games against both of them in high school. Um, He's going to be expected to play a lot this year because Florida brings back almost nobody at receiver. And the other guy to watch that position is Eugene Wilson, who was, I think, their top skill player in the 2023 class he was the number 109 overall player in the country he didn't enroll early but talking to people in that program they expect him to make an immediate impact i think we saw kentucky for example have two true freshman wide receivers break out a season ago i think it'd be a very similar thing at florida where they're looking for any and all help uh to put around graham Mertz of that position so i think both of those guys are gonna have every opportunity to make plays this year for florida yeah, you know, a lot. A lot of people in the spring made a big deal about Florida's offensive line just getting absolutely demolished and eaten up by the defensive front. Been told by people close there that listen, um, they were blitzing a lot, doing a lot of exotic things in the spring game, and it was much mostly by design. And uh, I think that I wouldn't judge that Florida offensive line and necessarily what we saw in the spring, and for that matter, the defensive line. And to be fair to that offensive line, like one of the offensive right. linemen who was getting beat up is a true freshman on this list, Kanjaya Harris, right. who um, just talking to people around the program actually drew pretty positive reviews despite the way he looked in the spring game. And it wasn't exactly yeah. pretty. So was he the uh, play? Was he the center that or no, who was the center that was having all the snap issues in that, that game? I can't remember he, the spring game. He was not the center. Anyway, Harris he was like, like there was like a third teamer that was having to play a lot of the first team snaps because of injuries across that offensive line. Anyway, um, they, they, they were devastated by injuries. Absolutely. I think yes. I think Florida's going to be a little better than most people expect. I think so, too. And uh, I want to talk about Texas. Who doesn't want to talk about Texas this time of year? This is like Texas season. It's the off season before everything goes bad. But I, I say that saying this, they're going to win the Big 12 this year, guys. All right. So four players on this list for Texas. I can't wait. Everybody wants to talk about skill position guys on offense. But I can't wait to see linebacker Anthony Hill and what he can do for Texas defense. 
Yeah, he's awesome. I mean, Steve Sarkeesian's already called him one of the top two pass rushers on the team, which is welcome news for Texas because they really need pass rushers to emerge off the edge. But Anthony Hill is more than that. Um, just like on the on paper, he's the best off-ball linebacker in the 2023 class. He's a really big guy. He's like 6'3", 230. I think he's put on even more weight since he got to Texas. But he doesn't move like it. Um, he can play sideline to sideline really well. He can cover um, when needed, too. Um, Blake Brockermeyer, former first-round pick from Texas, 24-7 sports national analyst, compared Anthony Hill to Micah Parsons and Harold Perkins. That's quite a compliment. Um, I don't know if Anthony Hill is going to have that type of impact for Texas this year, but I do think he has the potential to be the best linebacker Texas has had since Derek Johnson was on campus in the late 90s and the early 2000s, uh, and he went on to a Hall of Fame career with the Chiefs. Um, so there's a, there's a ton of optimism around Anthony Hill, and if Anthony Hill can be good, Texas' defense has a chance to be elite because most of the other pieces are there. They've been missing a little bit of pop at linebacker and off the edge, and they're missing a little bit in the secondary. We might talk a little bit more about secondary in a second. But yeah, that, there's a ton of hype around Anthony Hill right now. Much more on the best true freshman in college football after these messages. Offensively, we all know that B. John Robinson is gone, and so is Roshan Johnson. Who steps up in there, and potentially could we see freshman Cedric Baxter get quite the workload there, maybe in a two-back type of system? Well, I mean, first I would say the last three number and one overall backs were Nick Singleton, Travion Henderson, and B. John Robinson. And all three of those guys were immediate instant impact players when they got to campus for their respective schools. And I expect CJ ba- or Cedric Baxter to do the same thing. Jonathan Brooks is likely going to be the starter. Um, for those unfamiliar with Jonathan Brooks, he was a record-setting back in Texas, one of the more productive backs in Texas high school football history. But it's going to be hard to keep Cedric Baxter off the field. We saw it during the spring game he had one or two runs where kind of made you go wow and that's the type of thing he brings to texas's offense this year he's primed to be a pretty big part of that system i think texas is going to be a pass first team as opposed to a run first team this year when steve sarkeesian is still somebody who's operated with balance throughout his career and i think those two backs um cedric baxter and jonathan brooks who is a i think redshirt sophomore are going to be a big part of the offense Mm -hmm. it's crazy to say like if if a year ago or not even a year ago all these dates meld together but no arch manning on this list because he's not going to start folks so don't try and start any late he's, summer rumors with that please not even the backup um yes oh, i did not yeah, know that so arch, arch is running third string this year guys so well, those headlines well, will have to wait it'll be this time next year though arch manning versus yeah, Malik murphy could be spicy that will be spicy malik murphy's special um okay and looking elsewhere on that roster you mentioned the defensive backfield. They have got a cornerback that is Texas' highest-ranked cornerback signee since 2007. That is so hard to believe. Tell us about Malik Muhammad. Yeah, I mean, he has been as advertised. Um, like Anthony Hill, actually. He was a head-to-head win over Texas A&M. So a huge addition for Texas' 2023 class. And Texas' secondary has been a little shaky the last couple of years. Ryan Watts coming over from Ohio State helped stabilize things a little bit last year. And they saw some really nice flashes from Terrence Brooks, who was a top 100 recruit in the 2022 class. But Malik Muhammad, after 15 spring practices, already looks like a solid part of the two deep. I think he might be Texas' third ba- like outside boundary field corner, whatever you want to call it, in that um, rotation. And he has the looks and the makings of a multi-year starter 
out of position, Texas has really struggled to develop the last couple of years. Um, I think he's going to be huge for Texas this year. I think you're going to see him make a lot of um, make a lot of plays. And it wouldn't surprise me if I had an interception or two in a big moment because I think he's going to get plenty of opportunities to do so. Several programs had three players on this list, Georgia, Oklahoma, USC, Utah and others. Those are the notable ones. I do want to talk about Oklahoma because they have really done a great job, I think, recruiting high school guys. You talk about portal and everything. I think they've done a good job on the high school level. And going into this year, they're last in the Big 12. I don't think a lot of people are giving them a lot of credence to the idea that they will contend for the Big 12 title. Everybody kind of thinks it's going to be Texas this year. But with Oklahoma, they've got to improve across the board. But among these three guys, to me, the guy that stands out is Peyton Bowen at safety. What about you? I mean, if you don't know Peyton Moan's name by this point, I don't know what you're doing because he made it really easy for everybody when he committed to Oregon, Notre Dame, and Oklahoma in about a two-day stretch <laughs> when he signed his paperwork and eventually ended up at Oklahoma. But like when you remove that situation um, from your evaluation of Peyton Bowen, he's like he's quite frankly one of the best players in America. Um, it's funny, like I was at a practice at I believe Den Geyer last spring, I was there to see Jackson Arnold and Peyton Bowen at the same time. And those are Oklahoma's top two recruits from the 2023 class, like Jackson Arnold being a quarterback. He's their future, but Peyton Bowen's going to make an impact right away because he can do everything in the secondary. He's legitimately one of those guys who can play safety. He can play strong safety. He can play free safety. He can play nickel. He could probably even play like outside corner if you really needed him to. And given how much of an issue pass defense was for Oklahoma last year. I think Peyton Bowen has every opportunity to be in that too deep and eventually work his way in the starting lineup because Oklahoma really needs him. And I, I think that win and they're on the recruiting trail, um, something that did not come without its share of pain for Oklahoma down the stretch is going to be worth it in the long run. USC among that those teams with three, including surprise, surprise, a receiver, Zachariah Branch. Tell yeah. me about USC and what they're getting with him and how he'll contribute. Zachariah Branch is basically a video game um, receiver. He is the closest thing to Tyreek Hill that we've seen. And I know that sounds ridiculous. Like, I don't want to compare um, a high school or a college freshman to arguably the best receiver in the NFL, but Zachariah Branch has those traits. Um, he's on the smaller side. He's a compact guy. He's like 5'10, 170 pounds, but he's just thick. And then he also runs a 10 3 3 in 100, like on top of all that. <laughs> and he's got this, but he, like, the thing that separates him and Tyreek Hill is he's got the ability to accelerate and decelerate on a dime like it's nothing and he's going to be playing with the best quarterback in the country and usc has a plenty of receivers like they don't lack playmakers but i i just can't i i guarantee zachary branch is going to have one of those stat lines at the end of the year it's like 20 catches for 400 yards but six of those catches will be 40 yards plus and you're going to be like who the heck is this true freshman on the field that's that's going to be zachary branch this year and i i think he's going to be so ex- exciting to watch him and Relik brown another kind of he's a slot threat from last year true freshman running back in the yeah. 2020 uh, two class like that is it's unfair to have that much speed and playmaking ability in that small of a package and to have two of them is gonna it's gonna be fascinating i want to stay in la they're not among these group of multiple guys on the list but quarterback dante moore at ucla competing probably who knows will be the starter for ucla this year and what is a transitional year for them as they prepare to go to the big 10 and that big change that'll happen. But Dante Moore, what kind of quarterback is he? And do you think he's the starter day one for UCLA? I, I wouldn't say that. I might end up being wrong. Maybe at the end of fall camp, Dante Moore emerges. But I think coming out of the spring, actually, it might have been Ethan Garbers and not even Colin Chile, who's the yep. 
transfer they brought in from Kent State. But that'll all sort itself out this summer and this fall. What Dante Moore is, in my opinion, is the most ready-to-play quarterback in the 2023 class. Um, he was a four-year starter at a Detroit King High School, one of the most productive quarterbacks in recent memory in high school football. He doesn't have an arm like um, some of the other quarterbacks in this class, but what he does is have insane accuracy and anticipation. I think he is the future for UCLA football. I don't think he will sit on the bench for very long this year. If he doesn't start right away, he'll start at some point, I think. Um, we saw Chip Kelly start Dorian Thompson-Robinson as a true freshman, and he ended up starting for five years. I would be shocked if Dante Moore was on campus for five years. I think he's a three-and-done guy. But I do think he is one of those players. But by the end of the season, we'll have every chance to be a impact starting quarterback in the Pac-12. Other programs with two players on this list, Miami, TCU, Nebraska, Colorado. Among those programs, who stands out as far as a guy that we're going to be talking about? Um, I would probably go with Miami. Um, Francis Moyaga, uh, their offensive lineman, is probably going to start at right tackle right away for them. Um, he is the number two offensive lineman in the 2023 class, I believe, behind Caden Proctor, who's at Alabama. And he, I think it took two practices this spring for him to start working with the ones. So um, that's pretty good for a true freshman. His brother is actually going to be Miami starting middle linebacker as well. Miami plucked, um, plucked him away from Washington State this offseason, um, which Miami is, has excelled at in the transfer portal. And I think Francis is going to be an impact true freshman offensive line starter from the jump. Um, and then like Miami as well has Ruben Bain, who had three sacks in their spring game. He's a top 100 recruit in this class. Miami's pretty deep off the edge, but I think Ruben Bain's going to be in that rotation. And it wouldn't surprise me if he had five or six sacks as a true freshman this year. Well, those are the teams I really want to talk about. Is there a player or two on here that, that we did not mention among that group that really caught your eye? Or in speaking of the sources you got to speak to? I would, I would look to Nebraska. They have two edge guys, Cameron Lendhart and Principal Yumona. I'm sorry, Principal, I'm not going to. He's from Maine. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to do it. But both had really strong screens for Nebraska to the point where I think there's actually a chance both end up starting for Nebraska this year. I would term that unlikely to have both two freshmen on the field as starters day one, but I think at least one of them will be. And Nebraska really feels like they hit on both guys. I think both are going to end up being some of the better edge rushers Nebraska's had in a long time. So there's early hope for Nebraska fans under Matt Rule that they landed two impact guys. And that doesn't even include somebody like Malachi Coleman, who hasn't enrolled yet and is one of the freakier players in the country, too. So I think that Nebraska class can end up being pretty freaking good. Be interesting to watch as Matt Rule goes into his first season leading the Nebraska Cornhuskers, which have been lost in the wilderness for quite a time. Yeah. One guy I should mention, because he's going to potentially be in the national title discussion, is Peter Woods at Clemson, um, a defensive tackle. Um, He drew rave reviews this spring. Uh, He probably isn't going to start. Clemson's pretty deep at DT, but he's going to be probably the third guy in that rotation. And I think Clemson hit a home run there, and everybody's really excited about Peter Woods. Great stuff from Chris Hummer. If you want to go check it out, and I, I implore you do so, the next wave, 100 true freshmen who will impact the 2023 college football season. Make sure to go to 247sports.com. Go follow Chris Hummer on Twitter, at Chris underscore Hummer. Thanks so much for joining us, Chris. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks, man. That's going to do it for the College Football Daily. For producer Lance Glenn, I'm Brandon Marcello. We'll see you down the road. 